Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Going Road Gaming Podcast, a podcast about roguelike games. I'm your host of the Grog Pod, someone who's seen diamonds cut through harder men, Scott Berger. And as always, I'm joined with my rogues gallery of uh, of joint snapping co-hosts. Uh, this is uh, your miraculously dodging bullet agents, Will Wright. Uh and this is Colin, a combo machine punching people just in the face over and over again until they <laughs> die. Today we're talking the roguelike game Fights in Tight Spaces, released December 2nd, 2021. You can find it on Xbox, Steam, GOG, the Epic Game Store. And this was a game that was uh, developed by Ground Shatter Games, based in Bristol, United Kingdom. Uh, they had also developed some other game called Rico London that I haven't really looked that much into. But uh, after finding out that they are UK-based devs, I think a lot of the uh, the stuff in the game makes makes a little more regional sense about why everything's in pounds and special agents and all that. Yeah, uh, and it was very more. It, it felt more MI6 than CIA. Yes. Very much more more Bond than Born. Uh, yes. This. Uh, Fights and Type Spaces fits, uh, comes in at the 259th most popular roguelike uh, in our data set with 2,125 total reviews in the 93rd percentile. Colin, you have one sentence of momentum to use to describe this game before Steven Seagal is going to come in and ninja Knock kick you off. off the stage. Uh, I mean, you, you mean just belly push me off the stage. Uh, it is a deck building card based game that uses cards for tactics. It's a, it's a tactics game, but using deck building cards. Would you also say there's some elements of, uh, position to it? And, um, well, I mean, it's like, so I, I mean, tactics in the, like, uh, that old school, like, advanced wars tactics or final fantasy tactics where you've got the the squares and you move your little pieces around mm, i see i was as i realized as i was saying it that it was a word that had a broader meaning and <laughs> lost context while well i, I mean it. it's it's tactics and like your kind of standard turn-based tactics in a way right yeah i mean would colin did you ever play into the breach i forget i didn't and i don't know why i didn't uh i I'm 100% sure that I would like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, this game is... I'm going to go buy it right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, there is a... uh, uh, The Steam Spring Sale is coming up pretty soon. I hate saving money. (laughs) You've come to the right place if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, (laughs) So, Fights in Tight Spaces, I think, can be accurately described as uh, Into the Breach meets Slay the Spire. Does that sound right? Into the Spire? Slay the uh, breach. Yeah, I mean, like minus the narrative aspect of it, uh, that's almost a hundred percent right, right on what it is. Yeah, but well, there's also just also the aspect of like the the other key difference being that you're controlling one player unit as opposed to a team of dudes. Yeah, which is something that so you might even say it's mixed in with um, uh, Invisible Ink in that sense. Well, yeah, Invisible Ink had six people. Well, up, up to up to six people. And into the breach, I think you had teams of four, if I recall correctly. 
But yeah. in this game, you just play as the one dude or the one gal, if you depending on which character you choose. You know, yeah. this is not an actual <clears throat> good comparison, but in some ways it reminded me of Super Hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of just like Art. the aesthetic style, but also in that you're like super hot, you are almost it's not turn-based but you have time to think and you have time to like plan out all of your moves and you're trying to like skirt around stuff and keep it from from happening to you and then also the aesthetics of the game is a pretty strong reminder the the white background Mm -hmm. uh you know white and gray background and then the monocolor enemies in a really stylized manner um definitely a, a unique art style I have to figure out uh, when did Other Side come out? So there's another roguelike game that's very black, white, and red, similar to Fitz. Uh, Let's see, Other Side with a C. The song by the Chili Peppers? (laughs) No, I don't think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers had a giant anime sword, but I don't know. I haven't really listened to their music in a little while. Uh, This game came out, let's see, Other Side came out July 27th, 2020. So it beat it beat fits by a year almost uh but yeah like super hot very very striking minimalist aesthetic art style yeah uh, other side also kind of similar very black white and red kind of um uh god what's that um comic book movie that i'm thinking of black oh, and white Sin city yeah gives me kind of vibes of that um but yeah like i feel the Art aesthetic here works really well just with its simplicity where you have, it's it's very clear who you are and who the enemies are. Uh, you know, I say that, you, or you say that, I did find it annoying that like, in, was it like the fifth level when they started in, introducing enemies that were also black? I mean, it didn't actually make it hard for me to see who I was, but I noticed it and it bugged me. There were a couple enemies were black, like or black shaded and uh yeah like uh like stylized in the same way as your player character is right yes not not (laughs) african-american the the color used to represent them was black yeah uh and that's the same color that used to represent your player character and up until that point all the other people are a different color than you yeah so so i think this game this game starts very very interestingly where i think other i don't know other kind of like well also this game is kind of very unique in the sense that we've we've had a a tactical like character action game with um gosh we just said it the invisible yeah with invisible ink and maneuvering like very positionally dependent um but obviously more based around kind of like action points instead of using cards. I think this is the first like actual like quote unquote like traditional deck builder game that we've that we've played thus far. Because Stacklands, I think Stacklands is such a weird beast that yeah, it's not. I wouldn't really. call it a deck builder because you are not you're not building a deck. You're not drawing from a deck, right? Um, but so yeah, I guess like walking through the setup here, you are a secret agent. For is it section eleven? Uh, you are agent eleven. <laughs> Will shaking his head. Uh, and you start off by by talking with your briefing agent about 
you know, oh, we need to send you on the secret mission. And then you you pick out a deck based on, well, the first deck that you have is just, here's like your kind of basic stuff to get used to the game. Your, your standard kicks and punches and dodges and things to get out of the way. But later on, you, you unlock other kinds of decks, be them more sort of... Uh, countering decks things that uh are more defensive related things that are more kind of offense related uh will in your 30 plus hours of playtime did you wind up unlocking all the decks uh yes i believe so is there any one of them that seems like way better than all the rest of them or do they seem reasonably balanced between each other uh i i never used it uh, I, I always did the card. Um, uh, what was the, the option? Like uh, you the, the drafting, drafting mode. The drafting mode. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I just felt like I didn't want to. I looked at like what was in each of those decks, and I'm just like, these are shit. I'd rather just have um, the ability to pick, and I, I think that always turned out better. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I feel could be like, wrong. I didn't. I, the I game takes like, so long to play that I never really played it enough times to know if there was a real strong difference for deck building. I feel like, or for this style of deck building, the momentum deck building where you're 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 gaining cards throughout it and it's not like magic where if you draw through your deck you lose um Mm -hmm. drafting is op because sometimes you want to have very few cards like having seven really good cards is better than having 14 mediocre cards because then you get to play those good cards more often yeah unless i'm mistaken like you should you still have to have the same size deck when you start it's just a matter of you choose one of three over and over again to fill the same capacity of cards. Whereas the other ones are preset sort of templates where you get a certain like set of uh, cards. But you can like tune it to something. I mean, you, yeah, you, you do tune, tune it, it like you, yeah, that's, you can, that's what it was. It's like you kind of like on the fly, you're tuning it into something. And and typically I only had one archetype that, you know, a, a kind of a hybrid archetype that I was after and I was able to get towards something towards that. And by the end of the game, it always resembled the same I think the best form of deck, but that's one of its many flaws, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so I think, I think the cards in this game are, are interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. The first, maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes or so it like, I would, I'll, I'll have to shout out. This game has a tutorial mode and I was very appreciative of that because the symbology involved, I thought was at first, maybe a little bamboozling to me. Yeah. It but wasn't, I, my favorite i forgot what stuff was all the time and i had to go yeah. like try and figure it out i will give it credit though because i think like once i got it it's it seemed to make intuitive sense and i was like okay like i get i get why they picked the iconography for the stuff that they did there were still like a lot of times where i had to rotate the camera around to make sure like what the hell am i looking at and yeah colin like like you're saying i had to like scroll over some of the enemies and like read the font to be like okay what exactly is this guy going to do on this turn there's a lot of stuff happening um yeah i just you like forget which enemy does what and it's not like you i mean i guess maybe if i had played it for 30 hours i would have eventually gotten to the point where i could glance at it and know exactly what it means but like i played it for 10 and i could remember quickly but it wasn't fast enough that i didn't have to scroll over them and kind of like okay this guy does this this guy does this this guy does this and it matters a lot because Mm -hmm. like if you if you get it wrong uh it can absolutely destroy you like one single thing wrong can you can like lose a run um so 
I feel like we didn't finish fully explaining what the game actually is. So you got the the, the deck building, you're playing you're playing cards, you have one or two sources of like resources to help you play these cards. Uh, and then you beat up these dudes on a grid, like a little tactics game grid, and you're fighting between three and five guys. Um, and a lot of it involves you manipulating where you are relative to them, either by slipping around them or by moving them. And there are some people who you can't move. <laughs> and if you forget that, it's very bad because then you get killed. Oh, yeah. I think it's important, too, to note that there's um, this has an element like Into the Breach for anyone who's maybe more familiar with that game, where it's uh, if you push dudes, no matter what their health is, if they get pushed into lava and into the breach, they die. In this game, if you push them into the void, which is anywhere like like there's kind of a red marker, which is if you push a dude out there, they just die, which is super useful. That's one big thing. And another thing like Into the Breach is that if you line up an enemy such that they're targeting uh, uh, another enemy, they will still attack that enemy, which was one to me, it was like really surprising getting into this game because I'm like, why would this guy punch his friend at full strength? And like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, didn't he just see me push him over here? Or should he just not swing? But he, they just swing. They just are, they've locked in what they're going to do in general. Actually, that's not 100% true. There's kind of a learning curve around what activates when they're mm -hmm. going to actually shoot or not. And yeah. figuring that out was kind of annoying. But like, then it all kind of, yeah, it does click. And I guess they didn't really cover that in kind of the advanced outside of that in more detail. And they didn't really give you the, the small subscript about when someone's actually going to counter you. And like, there's a bunch of small things, like the little rules you have to learn just through trial and error, I think. Yeah. 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 I think if you're, if you're coming to this game directly from into the breach, I think you'll notice a lot of similarities, but it's a lot of key differences that'll throw you for a loop. And that, that one definitely threw me for a loop for like, okay, I'm going to push this guy over here and he will definitely shoot that other guy or he will definitely punch that other dude in the back of the head. But no, that's not always the case because there's a thing about, I think you have to like walk through their line of sight. It's, yep. You have to have been in a position where they could have hit you. Yeah. Like if they were going to hit you on their turn and then they moved, they would finish their shot or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it took me... They didn't explain that in the tutorial mm -hmm. and it took me a while to, I just was like, I guess it's just random. <laughs> uh, so it took me basically half of my first playthrough before I understood you could just hover over them and it would show you if they would do it. Has, atta has attack target was the thing. Right. Yeah. Is that, what does that mean? What has does that attack mean? target is not a specific enough. Yeah, give me a pop-up to, to mouse over that tells me all the details about that. Give me two paragraphs if I need it, but just yeah. like explain it. That in-game wiki. Yeah. Uh, how how tight would you describe the spaces in this game? Are they always tight? Hmm. I mean, fairly. I mean, like I think there's lo the largest they got was something like eight by eight, mm -hmm. and they always have little obstacles or little things you can vault over, and they almost all of them. In fact, I think all of them, except maybe like one, have like all these different uh, like uh, places you can fight have at least one void square. Some of them have almost all void squares on the outside where you're pushing guys into the out. Um, and all, some of them have just like one and they're trying to obviously mitigate it such that if you're fighting a boss, it's really hard to like stuff the boss through, a, uh, you know, push him over the edge. Um, and so I think they do a good job with that. But yeah, just to generally speaking, they're they're pretty tight. 
And some of them, like I know the there, it's always the case that on the last um, campaign before the final or a campaign on a level set or whatever, like you start in a three by three square in an elevator with two dudes, and and so that always it starts off pretty intense. You know, I was yeah. just gonna ask if there was an elevator stage. I feel like I have I have not done as much due diligence here as I maybe should have uh, by getting as far as Will has because like I had written down in my notes like. Is there an elevator stage in this game? Because that's kind of like your your prototypical stereotypical trope of fighting games is your is your up and down elevator stage. But uh, can yeah. so elevator stage? Can you at least like kick people out of a window in it? There is a one uh, tile in the in the three by three that you can kick people out of. Okay, excellent. you start in the middle and they sp- start on either side of you, and so you have to like yeah navigate that. And then I think one spawns in, so it's usually three guys. Yeah. And that's the other um, thing too. That's like into the breach too. Like dudes will spawn in, but they just kind of spawn in from above and they drop down. And if you, unlike into the breach where they're coming from underneath, and if you stand on top of that, they actually take damage as they burst their head into you. This is one where they drop down, and if you're in the way, they just do nothing, and then they try and spawn next time in a different location. So it just delays them coming in. Which, mm-hmm. from my point of view, mostly was worse because you wanted to kill them off quickly, and the more dudes there were generally didn't complicate things in fact that oftentimes helped you because you could have them hurting each other with even more damage if you had the <laughs> right play and so um yeah that was one of those things that yeah didn't seem like it was too advantageous yeah um this is somewhat related to fighting in tight spaces how tight it felt and how uh and, and back to the like shooting people and all that stuff all right. um they have a they have a replay mode after you beat the stage and it's a really cool idea. And I'm sad that it was not executed differently because it just literally replays it and does the exact same moves. And I would have loved it if, cause like, so it, the head cannon for me is like, Oh, you're moving so sneakily through that they're punching a guy they're, they're missing you with their punch and they're hitting their friend it's like that is a classic like mm-hmm. jackie chan kung fu stuff if they could have made it so that there were different animations during that fight and it was like made it look really fluid and finished the fight in like seven seconds mm-hmm. i think that would have been a really cool thing that I understand why they didn't do it. It's like, oh, just it's so easy. Just make a, a, a whole <laughs> second set of animations or uh-huh. maybe a third set and just do it for no for no gameplay reason. Right. But like I think so you you're right in that hey, I really like the the replay mode on here for when things go well. If I have like a really messy or crappy run on a level on a stage, I'll just be like, no, I'm not gonna watch that one. Um, but I did fumble around with some of the options where uh so in your standard kind of you know combat encounter that you're in in this game i think is is it like after every card that you play it the camera will change from like the three-quarter view to you know the the cinematic one and then your agent will go and like throat punch and then it'll come back to the three the three-quarter view does that happen for every card it's just like on what it considers critical hits and like you can turn that on and off but like it's a it's not quite random but it's usually on what it considers more epic if i recall correctly Mm -hmm. because yeah i wound up changing the video or like those replay settings to be like okay in normal combat just stick in three-quarter view mode and we'll save the cinematic stuff for later 
And then when we're at replay time, there's, you know, instead of having it replay all of the awkward jarring movement from that three quarter view, just only play the cinematic, like up close and personal shots. Oh. And that I think looks a lot cooler. Uh, yeah. There's still. Because it was like the jarring, like step, stop, mm-hmm. then kick. It's like it it didn't flow perfectly smoothly through it and it's like well they, i you know that doesn't matter at all while you're playing the like i'm gonna sit here and stare at it for 30 seconds trying to figure out my best move yeah. but like i'm supposed to be a super agent that's not needing to spend 30 seconds to figure out how to do it i'm supposed to be instantaneously doing it so and there's like a funny overlap between so one of those um cinematic replay option modes has like just show me like the critical hit stuff and it'll skip over all of the movement. So like, yeah. you know, you'll go up, you'll, you know, throw a punch an enemy and then, you know, the, the enemy will, will like try to punch, but like you've moved away and it's like, it's in kind of like those classic, um, uh, like video editing asynchrony or uh, idiosyncrasies where like, you know, all of a sudden like the person's like the, uh, on the other end of the room and they didn't like catch that in the editing process. Yeah. Which it's I, starting to get more like the Jason Bourne. Yeah. Um, I kind of appreciated that, uh, especially after I've been watching uh, maybe all of the uh, the Bourne fight scenes and with like quick cut, quick cut, quick cut. And then all of a sudden he's on the other side of the room I'm like, OK, this tracks. Um, but yeah, I think like the the replay mode, once I had those like settings dialed in, I think I enjoyed it a, a lot more. Um, I don't how, know if how, that... how often did you watch it? I think I watched it whenever whenever I had like a pretty good or um like if i had like a no hit run or just like had something that felt like it flowed really nicely i wanted to watch the replay to be like okay came in here and then punched that guy and then i rolled over this thing and then i jumped over that and i punched this guy and then i like dodged behind this guy that guy shot him and then like it just it looks really cool from that um from that aspect of like oh, here's the replay with all of the cinematic like crits versus like me playing the the tactical mode without seeing any of that stuff. And it's just like a very nice um, different way to experience it if you if you hit all the right buttons. Uh, but if there's, you know, times where you're just getting like clobbered and the hand draw does not go your way, uh, and then I'm, you know, I'm going to skip past the replay on that one. But uh, anytime, anytime that uh, I wind up winning by like, jumping back kicking a dude out a door yeah i would I say it's the, the replay board the, the replay ones i didn't watch that many of them but it was almost entirely a function of how many people did i kick off balconies <laughs> like if it was a lot of like shoving out of doors and off balconies and downstairs and whatnot that that was always a more enjoyable uh replay watch this is all amazing to me i i, I hit that button replay all of a single time and i'm really? like okay i get it <laughs> I did probably three or four times. Okay. Just as like, I much. wonder, like every time I'd be like, because I, I mean, I really wanted to like it. I thought it was a really cool idea. Uh, normally I'm not that into replays of, of stuff like that, but I think if, if, if it had been faster, I think that was my biggest, like if it was really fast and mm-hmm. you could just watch the whole replay in three or five seconds, I think that would have been a really cool thing to have in there. And I understand again why they didn't create multiple alternative sets of of uh, motion for their small indie game. 
uh, just for uh, a replay that people aren't necessarily going to watch. But every once in a while, I'm like, I want to see if it looks cooler. And it was always like, it looks fine. Mm-hmm. There was uh, one time where I uh, spawned into the the boss room for, I think it was the end of the first act where you're fighting the, the boss of the biker gang. Uh, and I wound up, I think in one or two turns, just like running right up to him and just like, like punch. And he was like pinned up against the table, like, and much like into the breach, uh, you, anytime that you move an enemy into a space that's occupied, they'll take damage and actually won't move. But I wound up just going up and just like, bam, 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 comboing this guy and like pushing him back to the table and then like won the fight without taking any damage. I'm like, okay, hit the replay button and then drop in, roll around. And then like, it felt like I was watching uh, watching that kind of Matrix style born action sequence, which was really fun. Wait, okay, hold on. Will, you've unlocked all the cards, I'm assuming. Do Are there movement cards where you roll? No. Ugh, huge mistake. Well, it, uh, maybe not a movement card, but there is an attack card. Yeah, there's you... the one where you flip over. I well, want, like, the sweet army roll. There's and you, the... like, dodge something. I was I just know. using one uh, just before we were recording where it's an attack card. You attack the enemy, and then you do, like um like a like you you like leg grapple them and you like roll past them and then they are like thrown to the floor as a result right you swap Mm -hmm. it's the one where you swap places and they end up down on behind where you were right c tier card right there absolutely really (laughs) yeah downing guys in general is not good in this game oh that's fair you should have been able to like punch them while they're down yeah i have a a big bolded underlined gripe uh note in my in my google doc of why can't i kick people in the nerds while they're down yeah if you should have done like you couldn't do damage to them it should have been the opposite you should have done more damage to them yeah again maybe you should have had advantage to, on your attack roll well like british agents are just too polite you know they're, they're not gonna kick a kick a guy while he's down you gotta be up on your feet for that well uh, i mean they tried to build an archetype around hurting downed guys and hurting stunned guys and like that kind of stuff but the problem is that the frequency of those cards come up is so it's so rare and the synergy is so weak that it's just like oh i can apply bleed more bleed to a down guy cool so that means i have to not only have like a a, de- a a deck focused on getting people down but also focused on bleed and like it's just not a very synergistic like build overall and so it's just like it's like it almost feels like they they want they put this out that like some specific cards to like kind of bridge two archetypes mm. just for the purpose of being a bridge and being like a hey this is something you should strive for trying to get dudes down so you can afflict this bleed on them or and it's just like no that's that's a that's like you're you're trying to fool the player into building <laughs> these really shitty decks so they learn never to, to ever choose that card again. So at least that's how it felt to me. Did it feel to you like you could? get the same deck every time yes nearly yeah i think that's probably the biggest problem with this game that i think of in terms of it's you can just play the same you you can build the same deck every time you don't have to like i you know comparing it to something like slay the spire which is the like a aest tier deck building game like 
In Slay the Spire, you can't play the same deck every time. Like, you just won't get the cards. And uh, you are you get forced into some weird archetype, and then you have a great time playing, like, oh, I wasn't planning on playing a weird poison build, but now I am. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel... I mean, I've only, I only played through it twi- uh, fits twice. Um, and that... I mean, the, the runs are long, and so they take a long time to get through and also i was still i was playing on the mode where they, they let you do like take backsies and uh also restart a level and i i think that that was good because you could make like a small mistake and have it just end your run and that's really frustrating but it also meant that i like i ended my first run before i i technically lost because i was like well i could probably grind my way through this mm eventually but like i'm just gonna lose like i know that i'm on a losing run and it's gonna take me an hour to get to something where i can't continue restarting the level and and finish it somehow and here we have it the biggest and largest flaw in the game colin just laid it down it is way too long for a run and this this is like the heart of so many related problems but I think um, on average, it was about 3.5 hours. I think with the last run I did where I actually beat it, it was like three hours. Again, I had memorized what all the do. I didn't have to mouse over dudes anymore by that point to understand what they do. And like, so three hours to go through a game, whereas Slay Spire, you're in and out, it's quick. You're, it's like, it's an hour at the very most. And that's if you win, which is like, you're if you're behind the power curve, you're out. The game kicks you out right away if you don't have it good enough um, pretty pretty fast. Whereas like, if you're doing like, like what Colin's difficulty, yeah, then you just, yeah, you can stick in it and you just have this really annoying grind where you're just behind and then you have to keep doing these resets and like, oh, you just slowly bleed out essentially because you can't ever crawl your way back above the power curve. Is it fair? So in Slay the Spire, there are, I guess we'll say there, there are three acts, right? Yeah, three and then the, the boss and yeah, yeah yeah well i mean like i'm not i'm not good enough to actually get to the heart so i'm not sure if i actually count that one uh what, what? But, you haven't you haven't beat the heart on i, I have not one? i don't think i've done ever done any ascension levels and holy shit i know and you're you're not even qualified to be hosting this podcast i'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what that means. we're getting there we're getting there i mean okay. we're gonna we're gonna split off into the slay the spire podcast where it's just will talking about slay the spire for an hour every week Oh my God, that sounds fantastic. So fights in tight spaces. We have Death's Head Biker Gang, Act 1, fighting bikers. The Insiders, Act 2, more prison prison yard things. And and the I do appreciate that the um that the level designs are obviously geared to to be uh, thematic with these also. Um so biker gangs, you have like tattoo parlors, you have like motorcycle repair shops uh the prison the prison act you know you're in like jail houses and and stuff like that prison van yeah (laughs) like i thought the prison van was like an annoying level but also like a very good level it's like that one was like eight spaces Mm -hmm. and boy you could get stuck in it you're just like oh no i'm in a corner i can't get out i have to restart this level because like yeah like I could see that. So the first run that I did, I, uh, yeah, I just, I restarted too many levels and eventually I was like, this is bad. I should just restart the game. Um, but yeah, one of the van ones was one of those where I like 
had to try it three or four times and like, mm -hmm. okay, if I have this exact sequence, then I can finally get around to this thing and then, and then win. Um, yeah. And like, and each of these levels has very different um, amounts of, of walls and obstacles that are, that can be critical, like to your, well, I, I don't know, like it feels like to me for the decks that I was using that, oh, I should pick this one because it's much smaller. My deck has like two or three extra cards that involve things that it, like you need a wall to press off of. Or like if I kick a dude, he's going to move. And if he moves into the wall, he's going to take more damage. So I should pick the smaller level. Um, I felt like there, there was like an, a, a halfway decent amount of choice that I had to do for that. Um, but the act after uh, the prison one, I have only just gotten to, which is the the ninja the ninja act. You're fighting the jade staff. Uh, yeah. The Same act thing. after that, you're fighting uh, the mafia, and then I'm guessing will the final mission is where you're just like boss rushing the end, where you're just like fighting all the enemies that you fought before. Uh, no. No, actually, it's quite different. Um, do we want to give? I mean, the spoilers here. I mean, this yeah, is the game. We well, I'll I'll, I'll I'll say real quick that like I've only gotten just to the ninja act right now because like I don't know if there's other than the the takes takesy backsies, which I do appreciate for the easier difficulty levels. I kind of wish Slay the Spire had that to be honest, because I'm really bad at like I'm going to play this card. I'm a genius. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> If there was an option like that for like noob mode in Slay the Spire, I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, like I I did a a test where I played on the actual maps maximum hardest level difficulty, and I got like I got pretty far. Like I almost beat the prison level. Uh, there was just like one or two like you know casual mistakes that I made, and like oh wow, I actually didn't expect to get this far. And then I have been playing on like the newbiest easiest level difficulty mode that I can, and like healing at all possible turns, and like. I was like, I had to restart a stage once because like I got, I got killed somehow, but there I've is only... a huge difference between the hardest mode and the easiest mode. It's really all in terms of how much they let you reset stuff, mm -hmm. which can be big. Yeah. I mean, it's big. It means you can eventually just work your way through it like a chess puzzle or something, mm -hmm. but like playing through the easy mode isn't necessarily that much easier than the hard mode I, I mean if you're very good you don't need to restart so you you the playthrough would be similar yeah i guess we, we do have to make an on-air shout out for the uh the ninja act having steven seagal lookalikes who uh who will i guess belly slam you uh well, he doesn't actually have a push, but he is. He does have the girth of the real life Steven Seagal <laughs> and the same uh, uh, facial hair and uh, general stance. The same. Um, I don't actually uh, call him Steven Seagal, but it's very clear that it's modeled after him. Yeah, the same he frozen has, torso. There are just a bunch of like true ninjas, and then this guy, and you're like, this doesn't belong. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just a cook. Uh, I don't know anything about the the mafia act but i'm guessing lots of guns yeah yeah generally that's uh the case a lot of dudes with um uh counter and a lot and like the one of the lieutenants um has a little he just shakes his little drink thing and he uh, casts spells on you essentially and so oh right yeah um, the bartender guy yeah and so but i i think overall just through that progression before the the final act 
they do a very good job of introducing new mechanics as they go along. And so like just starting off with, yep, yep, here's a dude. And his, his special characteristic is that um, he has push. Like mm-hmm. very simple stuff, and then getting into oh well, this one like shoots out in a like you know in a all directions, and um, uh, this one like you know swings his arm in all directions, and so I was like okay, yeah, I get it. And then the, by the time you get to the ninjas, oh, they can move really far, and um, the one can teleport. Yeah, you have to attack some some of them from behind because they have like weapons, and then finally you got these these guys that have like they attack every single time you move within like they have auto, three auto attacks with their weapon. Um, this one moves when you move every single time. Um, uh, this one dodges your first attack every time. And they, they introduce all these mechanics in a very gradual way and a way that does take time to learn, but like it's a, it feels like a pretty natural sort of learning curve. And I think usually by the second or third time, you, you kind of, you start to get it. And I think Colin, you said, yeah, second or third time, third time's about, yeah, 11 hours or however long you're into it. So, um, yeah, yeah I feel I, like, I like if that. I, so I, I lost my second run on the final stage of fighting the the boss. So the final stage, the boss stage is four, four? I think it's four levels or four set levels uh, that you go in a row and there's no choice. It's just one after the other. And each time you're fighting the boss and some of the minions and you're like chipping down his health kind of, but not actually. You have to like, each stage you have to get his health down further, but then he has full health on the next stage, which is it's, I, I it's always like, 45. You just do if you do 45 it, to it, it ends the and he has like 280 health or something, but and then it just yeah. he respawns with all his minions intact, and then you do it again three times, and then finally there he is with that 280 or so health with five guys essentially. He should have just started with 500 or whatever. And so right, that would have been more satisfying. Like were, Why is he and it like, should be and it should be like you he starts the next round with the exact amount. So you try and get as much as you can. That would be fun. Um, But like all of those things come together then and the last level, the last levels. And then it gets really hard. Like the boss is so hard because he's got like counter and he can move and he can do all this stuff. And like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't hit him. Like I'd be trying to run around and be like, I'm going to, if I hit this guy, he's going to punch me back for 25 damage. That's like half my health. So you're like, Oh, you have to like do some weird stuff. You have to get the minions to shoot at him or something like that. But it's very difficult. Uh, And the fact that he rotates through his abilities, like he has like over four turns, he has, four different like sets of things he'll do one where he has like counter plus like he always cannot be pushed and mm-hmm. that's the thing about like some of these the last two bosses like you can't push them over ledges like there's a ledge you're on it you're on the edge of a plane oh yeah just kick him off right easy nope he just can't be pushed and um thankfully like he can be stunned but he cannot be downed is another like or well, i guess he could be downed under certain circumstances so it's like a that's why being down on was some no of good. the turns he can be and on some of the turns he can't be right exactly so weird. that's why it was um a uh kind of a, a crapshoot to get to build the decks that were especially good at pushing like the first deck I, when i got to them like didn't get touched at all like there's like no one ever hit me i just would grab them push them off the edge grab this guy spin them around it was all just like me doing jujitsu without actually making contact get to this boss couldn't do a goddamn thing and just <laughs> it was so frustrating um and so that's why the giant spoiler the uh the bleed dodge archetype bleed sucks 
all the way through the game pretty much until you get to the boss. And then as soon as you bleed at the boss, that's how you beat him. And hmm. uh, it uh, works pretty well. And then dodge. Dodge is the most overpowered mechanic in the game. Like what block is like another alternative. And block is like, oh yeah, block some amount of damage. And it's just like, why would you ever want to block when you could dodge? Like dodge is just better in every single way. And especially the moves that are like game two dodge. It's just like, so the next two things coming at you, you just take zero damage. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, that is the S tier card. And like, and there's like especially a few because like five cards that have dodge, just like always get grab dodge whenever you can is essentially mm -hmm. the, the goal. Especially since a lot of times by the end of the game, you need to play more than one card in, a, to, in order to have enough block to block even one attack. Right. And that was so, why I so clutched. It was like you'd hit that, you apply the dodge, do the attack, and he's going to counter you, but you're just going to dodge it. And that's the only way you can really get attacks in. Yeah. I, so my first, my, my my good playthrough was a push and combo. So combo is the second kind of resource where it's you build up the every time you do an attack, you build up combo, and then you lose that combo by either doing some sort of finishing move or every time you move, every space you move, you lose the combo unless you have like some special cards. Uh, and so I ended up with stuff where I was doing a lot of pushing. I had some, a bunch of like zero cost cards that I could just like push people around. And then I, and you could use those to like build up your combo stuff, but you can't use them on the people you can't push. And mm -hmm. so there'd be times where I'd be like, I have this sweet card that I could play if I could use this attack push card. I don't even care if it moves him. I just want to use the card to like try to push him and just be like, oh no, it didn't work. But I like, it's another combo. And now I can use my like, I don't know, fly across the room, knee kick to the face that does stun, like five combo ultra card. Like, well, no, I only have four. So someone had a it. really good uh, idea. I've been spying on the, uh, the fights in tight spaces discord over the past couple of weeks. Someone had a really good idea of like, for those enemies that like can't be pushed or downed, counting them as walls. So like if you wanted to do like a jump kick or something, but you need a wall oh. behind you, but there's like this in like basically like the enemy himself is a brick wall. Well, I'm just gonna like jump off that guy and punch. I see no downside to that. That's just yeah. a, an objective better, that's just an objective <laughs> win. That's just smash, fun. Head smash, just grabbing your enemy's head, smashing him into the belly of this guy. <laughs> I, I love it. I feel like that's just extremely fun. Yeah. Like the idea of you smashing into someone else and be like, well, he didn't move, so it hurt. Uh, I want to make a quick shout out to the soundtrack to this game being uh, very appropriately uh, discotheque in the sense of like the uh, the intro to the Blade movie where it's very, very techno. You're going around just like punching the crap out of dudes. I, I really liked the soundtrack to this game because it, it felt like it, may, it helped me focus and be in the zone a lot. But I don't know if... if uh, I literally have for no memory of this soundtrack. I, I could not even tell you if it had music. I'm sure it did, but like, I'm like trying to think like, did I have a song stuck in my head? It's like, I don't even remember hearing music. I probably I didn't turn it off. I wouldn't say all of the all of the music sounds the same because there's definitely like ones that sound different. But it's it's that kind of like uh, house dance music that's like like really hard to to hum through a kazoo. 
Like, <laughs> like I hear it in my head <laughs> and I was listening to it all day while working today and like typing code and stuff, but like uh, working. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, I, I felt like most of the times, like I was just playing this on the couch uh, while watching TV and, and the thing was muted on my Steam Deck. But the times that I was playing it and I actually had like the music going, it felt like a, it helped to to elevate the material in a very um, like actiony way that felt very appropriate. So I I just wanted to shout out the the soundtrack to this, but I I know that house jams aren't for everybody. Yeah, no, I uh, like with the cinematic. Uh, I turned that off pretty much right away. I just, I just, <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of got the game after the first playthrough in terms of like what to expect. And so I, uh, that's when I muted it and essentially put my Seinfeld up on the side and, uh, <laughs> scratched my beard as I made these decisions and listened to, uh, Kramer, um, talk about, uh, the new manium and that kind of thing. And so it really, uh, I think that this kind of game goes well with the, the show that like you've seen a thousand times and just like you know want to listen to something in the background or like an audiobook or that kind of thing mm-hmm. too but it's a good podcast game listening yeah. to an audiobook while you're doing a game blasphemy um i wanted to ask i wanted to ask this the the spire experts uh about how this game's like shop and rest locations were were different than slay the spire because Slay the Spire being like kind of my only other data point for like card based uh, roguelikes or deck builder roguelikes in Slay the Spire, like when you go to a shop, you know, you, you can purchase potions, you can get different. It feel it felt like in Slay the Spire, you had more um, uh, a diverse selection of options that even like weren't just the cards per se. Yeah, well, like, you had like three. You could buy potions, you could buy artifacts, and you could buy... Well, you could remove uh, a card, too. Well, and you could and... remove cards, and you could what? upgrade. Or could you upgrade cards? Can you upgrade cards at the uh, store? And no, the, 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 way, the, the way they have this structured is they have five cards across the top, one of which is randomly selected to be on sale. So there's like automatically an element of like, ooh, this is your deal. And then they also have a colorless card, which is a random uh, rarity, which is sometimes very really good for your build. And then there's also like the uh, selection of three different artifacts, mm-hmm. selection of three different potions, and then a card removal service. So in terms of like, the robustness of the the merchant it's pretty uh pretty high i'd say overall because there's no potion equivalent here really or artifact well i mean i'll, I'll argue that the artifact equivalent is not equivalent it, it, the artifacts they have i don't know i don't remember what they're called in this game but that's uh, augmentations or something yeah that is one of the critical lacking features of this which is allowed that's that's one of the reasons why synergies are so hard to form outside of just cards. oh yeah hmm. actually okay that makes a lot of I because I was thinking about it, I was like, why, why in Slay the Spire don't you just play the same thing every time? It's because you get wildly different artifacts that completely change what you should be going for, what your build should be. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to detract from what you're saying because yes, there are still very strong differences in shops. The campfire mechanic is very different as well. But like this, this, this one, I think is worth just pointing out. Like. They get the length of the game wrong. They don't have <laughs> artifacts, which is another big mistake. I mean, they do. Um, they're just not. Right. They have the, I, I would call them boss level artifacts. Like if they're only mm-hmm, artifacts mm-hmm. that you get once you defeat a, a boss, essentially. No no elite uh, level artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or they were, they were, they were only the uh, kind of elite, or I guess 
Yeah, there was it was a basic. I think there was the yeah, you can get up to like four or five. You have to like get one augment, which is like letting you get the other ones. Which I don't know. You had to slay the fire run. You have like twenty augments. Yeah, and some of them were just wildly imbalanced. Like the the the, and I know that there. It's fun to have some like that are more powerful than others. But one of them was just like plus two momentum versus like another one which is like plus one momentum and mm-hmm. it's just like oh if you just randomly get this one and they do have that mechanic in slay the spire where it's like here's a here's one that's plus 16 max hp and this one's plus 10 and so it's like oh yeah that one's clearly better but like to just double and especially momentum momentum is like that's your that's your energy that's allows you if you have to draw five cards and they're all one momentum each you can play all your cards which is such a huge difference and so whenever mm-hmm. you got certain uh uh enhancements like that one right there you were just set. You're just like, oh, now I'm just going to take all the most expensive momentum cards and be able to play the best cards without having to worry about running out of energy. So, yeah. Oh, man, that's really just it's a stupid. They 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 did that one wrong. They fucked up right there. <laughs> so the first so of my two runs, the first one I took a weird augment. It's the every turn at the start of your turn, you t- take three damage. <laughs> But at the end of the round, you heal back to full health. Hmm. And it is a wildly different game. Because you just have a hard set limit on your number of turns. Right. Uh, And then also health is not a... Health is a resource that you manage within each battle, but not across the whole stage, which is just a completely different type of game. (laughs) Uh, Uh And like... Huh. I know that in the, the other round I did, like there was there's some round that I did that or uh, level I did that took 19 turns because I just there's one big fat guy who had such a big <laughs> counter and I could not I I had to have like the exact right five cards in my hand in order to do enough damage to him without him auto countering me to death and so I just ran away from him and. Uh, waited to draw that good hand mm-hmm. and just like throw a stun dart at him and then punch him a couple times and run away but uh i feel like this i i do appreciate that this game is trying to not be a direct slay the spire clone but i feel like there's i'm I'm starting to to come around on reason on like seeing why people think that slay the spire is like you know an an, an s super plus tier game <laughs> If we're by like people you mean well <laughs> <laughs> i mean just like you know the general community uh, at large cuz like it's so it's so well honed from every angle that like you inevitably yeah. just compare literally every like game that involves deck building like mechanics I, I, it's the same with like when you're playing a game that's in any way close to factorio and you're like god i wish they would just take this control scheme that factorio has like uh, j- a, a- they've just optimized every quality of life and now i can't <laughs> help but wish that they had just exactly stolen the way that factorio does every way of placing buildings yeah i feel like if i could make one one major change for me which i was like agog that this wasn't a thing in here because again i don't know if this is just like slay the has just set this as the de facto standard or like are you getting too close to it by doing this full health at the start of every act like it boggles my mind that that's not a thing in this game like am i crazy no that's... it's it's plus 20 health if you beat the boss within um a certain day a lot of number of turns uh-huh. which if you unless you really mess up usually yeah i never i never didn't get that and also like the other thing is like slay the spire once 
someday when you graduate to the ascension levels, uh, Scott, you'll, you'll, you'll realize you don't get full health every time. And in fact, it only restores a certain portion of your health back when you um, finish these acts. And Scott, so that's- you'll never get to that point. <laughs> so, so it's not I, like- I didn't, it's so much work. I'm not willing to put in a thousand oh, hours. God, it's just the best. It is the most fun work you'll ever do though. Uh, but yes. So huh. uh, yeah, that, I don't know what to tell you there. Other than like, yeah, it's, unless you're taking a long time to beat the bosses, it, um, it's usually not so, not so bad. But I, I think in my runs, I, 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 only went to the medical thing because it's always, and this is kind of another thing that just doesn't make sense. It was a, it's always a decision. And you have to mm -hmm. sometimes make it like due to the nature of the mapping system, you have to like decide, oh, am I going to go to the gym or the medic thing? But you make that two turns in advance because only one will go in that direction. And then it's always just either or. Like in other games, it's like, oh, you have an upgrade and maybe you can go down and there's a, some benefit to taking the fight over doing the medical. But here it's just like, and the, the medical, if you go there, First of all, it always costs like the campfire thing. Or like in other games, I, I'll just say in other games, I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> like you get, you can just choose life. The decision is yeah. you get life for free or you get an upgrade or you get well, for Ascension stuff. But like, it's like a, there's a clear cost benefit thing. Sometimes if you show up to the medical place and you have no money in this, just for yeah. whatever reason, you're just hosed. It's just like, well, I'm sorry. You didn't, you couldn't afford it. This I is just a preview time. of the privatization of the NHS right. in the UK. So they're just, they're just like, yeah. Yeah, I had a string of things where I just I had no money. I had like a hospital and then in uh one of the like random events that also required money and then like something else. And I was like every time I was like, I can't get this money. It was like do this without taking damage. Mm -hmm. And I just kept getting like one chip in somewhere. Oh I'd be like to 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 build I, I wanna I wanna build on unless you're I'll let you finish. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that was pretty much the end of it. Uh I wanted to build. So we, we we've talked about. I think a lot of most of them are game mechanics here. Um, the 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 um how the how the mapping system works a little bit. Um, which very you know the you know decisions between the fights and like and all these other things. But like the events, mm. just really brief. Like the events in this game are. I mean, to be fair, like most events in like in most of these things are like a simple like dialogue screen where you're making a decision. And unlike, thank God, unlike FTL, which is just like. <laughs> You who knows what percent chance the outcome is going to be, yeah. and it really pissed me off as a result, as I said before. Like at least this one kind of it says, "Oh yeah, eighty percent chance of a, of an unfavorable outcome, but like twenty percent mm -hmm. chance of getting a new augmentation or something." And like, and it gives you like the specific chance. But like, I just found them to be very. I mean, they're all thematic with like their like their bonds theme or their kind of a special agent, but I just felt they were kind of lame. And I and I will say, unlike Slay the Spire, is like there's <laughs> mini games. There's like, hey, match cards together. Uh -huh. And like, you know, hey, there's something to do. Like, even if it's just click a thing and have it spin around and do something, uh, it's like, it's something neat. And there's another one that's like, you know, click this button to like try to get a relic or take damage and keep doing that if you want to. Like, there's so many more interesting dynamics they build into this. This was always just like, choose one or the other. Here's your percent chance event over. And it just like, I always, I always chose the events because yeah. I hated the combat so much that I just wanted to get through it. And <laughs> It's it's better the long. I didn't. Well, I mean, like it was fine, but it was just like that uh, was faster, and I'd always choose the faster option. There's an element of character that the Slay the Spire events have yeah. that does feel very much like you when you go to an event in Slay the Spire. It's like okay, you're in the world of it, and it feels like okay, I'm seeing like what this bizarre you know universe I mean. that I'm living in looks like from kind of the ground level outside of combat. And in fights in tight spaces, I feel like there's a missed opportunity where the the events 
don't tie into some broader narrative in that, like, you know, I, I could imagine something in this game of like, um, you know, you are the agent sent on the mission to like infiltrate the biker gang. Then you go into the prison, then you fight ninjas for whatever reason. Um, and at the end, it turns out, oh, like the bad guy all along was section 11 and that they've they've sold you out. And, you know, you basically have to fight uh, like, you know, a, a rival agent from from your your CIA MI6 uh, collective or, you know, some some kind of like operative twist like that. And having like that kind well, of, um, you know, uh, like Bond style. Well, born... It's almost like you haven't finished the game, Scott. That's exactly what the game finishes with. Is it? Okay. <laughs> okay well uh now that i've now that i've pre-cogged the whole ending of the game uh i feel like yeah so anyway the events <laughs> i feel like didn't really give me that kind of a hint at all or like didn't it didn't like sell me on like oh i am in um a mission impossible i am in a uh, uh where's the one where you get to like movie. save the babe well there like there's that but like but <laughs> i mean yeah, I feel like you're missing out on half of the James Bond stuff. Yeah, like there's a lot of like you just go to like the tvtropes.com and just scroll through all of their Bond stuff and be like, okay, let's put it in here. But like, there's it was too serious. I wanted a little bit to have a little more fun with itself, with like the laser with the coming events. up to uh to you know cut your yeah with the events up and stuff. yeah yeah with the events with the the other stuff that was the seriousness felt appropriate. But yeah, but uh, but like just to to all your points like. That that the end the end that you just just so you know you're, you're agent eleven one one and the other guy is agent eleven xi that's like in Roman numerals and so oh uh, he's your he's like your double six I mean that's, that's why but, I joked in our chat that I was agent eleven with the eleven spelled right, out right yeah exactly I didn't but, realize that you didn't <laughs> understand that that was a joke but um oh, I was gonna say here uh they don't introduce the villain. Like until the final act, mm -hmm. and like if this is the big boss dude, like in the other ones that you're like, so what is the heart to you? It's just like, uh, um, you are in the spire, and and you can hear this heartbeat. Actually, do you hear the heartbeat? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know, I don't actually. You I don't, don't even know, know the heart any... exists the first time you run through the tower. Yeah, you just die at the end. It's very weird. Oh, but bad. it does it, it, exactly. But so that that's its introduction to like there being something larger, like a grand grander purpose. Is that you just die and you're like, what's going on here? There's a greater story, and so the story. So that's kind of its introduction of like there is some greater nefarious thing out there. Whereas you don't even get the sense of that in this game. You're just like, okay. Going in, boss at the end. Great, going in, boss at the end. Mm -hmm. Don't know who this boss is. Don't care. I'm gonna throw him off the edge anyways. And so but you it's can't. Just, uh, yeah, until the yeah, at the very end. But um, yeah, yeah that's the, come on, character development, guys. If you're gonna have a narrative, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's uh, we've we've pretty much talked about it all. I think it's yeah. time to uh, rank whether we like this game better or worse than Slay the Spire. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Oh yeah, what do we got? I can list uh, more grievances. I'm happy to just I have a list of grievances. I can air them. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll go first. Um yeah. I think I I like this game. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm in desperate need to go back to Invisible Ink and just play Invisible Ink with only one character and then just like see see how that like overpowered progression goes. Um I, you could definitely would just lose. Yeah. <laughs> uh I think I like, I think fights in tight spaces, I like, I'm going to put it in my number four. So I think I liked it a little bit more than Stacklands. I was, I was pretty hot on Stacklands when we did that episode. 
I haven't touched it since, but I could see myself going back to to fights in tight spaces and like maybe getting to the end, but like, I don't know, like the way that you're describing the boss fight, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll try it once, but I don't feel super motivated to, to finish it. Um, so just above Stacklands behind Binding of Isaac Rebirth, which I think at the moment is kind of like my my great line. Like games above Binding of Isaac have to be capital G great. And I feel like Fights in Tight Spaces is, is a capital G good game. There's nothing mm. like, it's not particularly buggy. I really like the art style. I think the music is really fun. Um, there's some good ideas here. It doesn't need to be a Slay the Spire clone, but there's aspects from Slay the Spire that would maybe help to, to elevate this game a little bit. Um, I want to see a Fights in Tight Spaces 2 that's a Batman game. And I think that would be amazing. Oh, shit. That sounds amazing. Or <laughs> I, honestly, I, I like the format of it. I feel like you could do a lot of stuff with it. It could be a Batman game. It could be a Spider-Man game. Mm -hmm. I think that you could be like, the reason why it, it absolutely is not a, a Slay the Spire clone is because the way that you fight with the tactic stuff, I think is significantly different. So and major, I, and major departure, yeah. And I think that it is an untapped, like there have been true Slay the Spire clones. They're like, move around, blah, blah, blah. Even something like Monster Train is pretty much, a, it's a lot more similar to Slay the Spire. This I feel like is, I haven't seen any other game that's like this. And I feel like you could explore this card, combination of cards and movement a lot more in any other genre like a like a not genre but uh you know skin of uh of, of theme over the top of it mm -hmm. i would love i would love a, a fits too or an expansion oh an expansion would be nice yeah i'm gonna make a claim here and i'd love to hear like a reputation but like in in building a game like this you have if you're going to choose, you cannot add these two mechanics together, which is to say, like, you have to choose behind be, between having multiple characters and having a deck and they and, and where you're playing cards. And they the reason is they work the same in terms of your mental computation in terms of what you're doing, because when you have like an invisible ink, I think this is the perfect comparison. You have like, you know, up to like four dudes or whatever. And so your decision making, just like just like holding a hand, like which card do you play first? You're thinking, which character do I move first to where? You're you're starting to build a map of like what's gonna happen during over the course of the turn. And so like this is just one of those things where like it's an interesting thing to have a deck of cards and mm -hmm. to be able to like figure it out. Um, but it's it's uh you can't have both of these things together. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely correct. I think that you could only have a single controllable character and a deck of cards. Like you could not, if there were two people moving around, you have what two hands? It would be, it'd be <laughs> madness, chaos. And so, and so, I'll add though, like what what happens though when you only have the deck of cards though and one character is that you minimize, you're you're, you're reducing surprise. And surprise is one of those those things in games, which is like an inherent source of fun. So when you're drawing five cards, that is your source of surprise during the game or during the turn. Like in general with this game, you are not drawing more cards. Like you typically draw it and then it's a puzzle. How do I use these five cards? And then it's just basically grinding out like, you know, mentally like planning out your moves, how things are going to. Whereas to give the example, which you know I'm about to give. Slay the Spire is much more card draw focused. Everyone has cards, like almost like it's every fifth card is a card draw card. And so mm -hmm. as you play those cards, you get the surprise of like, is this going to be the thing I needed? Or is it going to be the thing that screws me? Or is it going to be more card draw? Like it's, there's, it's just, it layers in an elements of more surprise over the course of one turn. And so that to me 
makes it a just inherently more fun system than to have something where you have essentially five cards where you just here's your puzzle no surprise but like i mean there are a couple draw cards in yes uh, uh, yeah I'm not, I, again but like i i that is true but they're, they're like they're few and far between and yep. they're definitely not like the one in five that you see in uh, i feel like that's a that's a critique of the cards themselves i which is valid i really like the card plus board area movement combination um actually kind of a weird comparison also would be like gloomhaven Hmm. i mean it's a board game but it is a you know a movement based card system uh i think it's one of the only other things that i've seen where it's both cards and square movement i guess just board games have it more in in general but Gloomhaven uh, does have an app on Steam. It does. I played it. Yeah. Any good? <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. I've played the official uh, tabletop simulator version. Ah, uh, okay. Which is technically on Steam, but not the same way. Right. Which is very good. Hmm. Um, Jaws of the Lion is very, very good. It's super well optimized. Hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I have it ranked as my number four of four... No, number number four, number three. Where did I put it? Number three of my fourteen games. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I think there's like some some rough edges. I think it could be better. I think there are other things that like it's not the perfect game, but I really liked the card and area movement concept. Like that. I, I think it's. I think it's superior to Slay the Spire in that concept. I think that it doesn't do the cards as well, but it does let you, like, I think the interaction of those two systems could lead to an extremely interesting decision space. Uh, And it didn't quite get there, but I thought, like, there were a lot of times that some of the times when you, like, got the couple moves and you got, you, you, like, finished the puzzle, felt really satisfying. You're like, I thought I was going to not be able to do this, but I I worked my way through and I did this and this and this and I got out of this situation and then I pushed the guy off and then I was home free. And like, oh, it felt very good <laughs> when you got it like out of the tight space. Fair enough. And actually, it looks like we agree overall. I'm looking at uh, your ranking. I mean, like, generally speaking i i had this up there just under um invisible ink as well um i had it at a on my one to ten scale at a 7.5 um which in terms of the uh how many 14 games we've played it's a three-way tie for seconds um <laughs> because i because of the scale here but uh it's uh fights and tight spaces tied with um ftl and the binding of isaac uh, rebirth and actually, I will say Binding of Isaac Rebirth is slightly better than these ones. But um, as I was saying, like before we jumped on this podcast, like, but I didn't, I think a 20 point scale is enough. It's just barely better, but it's not like, it's, I think it's worth calling out that it is a better game. Um, but uh, Fights and Tight Spaces, I did put 34 hours into it. And I got to say, the last 10 was an extreme grind because I'm playing on the normal difficulty. And like, I, all I want to do is beat the game. I'm, I'm one of those, those 
what is it? Uh, I, always, I, forget, I always forget uh, which is the one that enjoys the pain, but like that's Masochist. how I, yeah, the, 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 that's how I got through all the Ascension runs on Slate Aspire. It's like, oh, I have to beat it at the maximum level. And like this, the classic difficulty, I think was what felt like, I don't, they had other levels, but I think they just were augmentations of, mm-hmm. of that level. To, but no replays. When you just get absolutely hosed because you made, you forget one small thing, it's just it's one of the most frustrating things and yet you really do want to have that oh oh no i just i forgot that guy just gonna dodge the first one uh, everything was planned around him getting hit by that thing and it's just yeah like, well, that's why i really liked having the little rewind button yeah but of course i had to beat it at the maximum <laughs> difficulty so i did it i got through it it took me three tries to beat the fi- the boss finally but um and it's funny because all the other runs like taking no damage like the, the build was pretty much perfect all the way to the end and then just get hosed. And so finally that, like I said, that dodge and bleed got, did the job and uh, no damage even in the last, um, uh, last rounds. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun game. It was a fun game. Um, I should have played it less than I did and I shouldn't have done it on the hardcore <laughs> difficulty, but uh, you know, unlike you guys, I don't have, what do I have to do with my time here? I got to uh, <laughs> play some video games. Exactly. Uh right into the show if you want to if you want to hear our beautiful voices read off your uh, your email complaints grogpodzone at gmail.com uh you can see our our tweet equivalents on mastodon at grogpod at gamedev.place and grogpod.zone is the website that contains all of our rankings uh all of our shows with links to stuff uh all that good stuff um our next episode, uh, I was excited that the that the randomizer lever that I pulled this time uh, got me three games that I was like, you know what, I would be thrilled to play any three of these, but we're not doing Monolith this time. We're not doing Monster God. Train this time. I'm kind of stoked that we're, we're going to be playing some War Sim, the realm of Aslona next episode. i'm actually pretty excited for it it looks super weird <laughs> very uh, different yeah i'm it could be terrible but it could be really interesting yeah. and i mean it's just like a text simulator kingdom game i don't know i don't know what to expect but um all it, it it was described as like kenshi which is uh not very many games are described as like Kenshi. So that that piqued my interest. And I, I oh. can see that it piqued Will's interest too. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. No, I, I saw the <laughs> they, devs took themselves not very seriously. And there's a lot of like, you know, it yeah. seemed like a lighthearted game, but uh, that's described uh, as like Kenshi and Rimworld. Like I do like those games a lot. So I think you can you can throw basically everyone into a dungeon that if they displease you. And you can you can lose uh, betting matches with uh, people who soil themselves constantly, and there are goblin rap battles that happen in, in the game. Snail races too. They advertise that a lot on the the Steam page I saw. So yep. excited to bet on some snails. All right, we're gonna we're gonna bet on some snails for for next time with Warsim, the realm of Eslona. We'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs>